Welcome to the Local to Global podcast. I'm Nick Hewer. I spent 40-odd years in business. And then for the last 10 years, I was one of Lord Sugar's advisors on The Apprentice. Now, in this series, we're looking at why exporting is great for business. Whether you're starting a brand new company or looking to expand, selling overseas can make a huge impact in terms of increasing sales, growth and stability. But for many, the idea of selling abroad can be daunting. In this podcast, I'll be talking to some of the UK's standout business founders and exporters to hear about their stories, to ruminate on their successes, failures, tips and strategies for trading internationally. Today, I'm joined by a company that's international by design. What three words is a project that's divided the entire planet into three metre squares and assigned each a unique three-word identifier, giving a precise address to the billions of people worldwide who don't have one. In the studio, I'm joined by founder Chris Sheldrick. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Nick. So, Chris, how does it work? What is it exactly? So, What3Words is a global address system. We've divided the world into three metre squares, nearly 57 trillion around the world, and we've given each one a unique three-word address, so using dictionary words, something like table, chair, spoon. Now, that is far more accurate than a postcode or a normal address, but it's far easier than something like latitude and longitude because I just have to remember three words and I can talk about absolutely anywhere. So you then got the longitudes and latitudes of the whole world and then you very cleverly were able to produce a software, a computer program that distilled it down just to three words for every three square metres. Is that it? Absolutely right. So my front door's got one and my back door's got one. Yes. As long as there's three metres between the two. Uh, Yes, absolutely. All right. You've mapped the whole world. Yes, we have. Where are we today then, do you reckon? So right now we're at Wooden Quiet Wires. And that's the table we're sitting at. That's the exact table that we're sitting at here in London. So what were you doing when this brainwave swept across you? So I was working in the music business and, in fact, the sort of the moment I got so frustrated was when we were in Rome. Uh, a truck driver mixed up in the latitude of four for a five, ended up an hour north of Rome, not an hour south of Rome. Now, I chatted that through with a mathematician friend of mine and said, look, there's got to be a way of simplifying GPS coordinates. And that's when we had this idea that there's enough combinations of three words for every three metres. I then talked to a friend of mine who was a languages expert and that was kind of... I guess, where we we assembled. So there was the maths person, the languages person, and then me. And the three of us set off on this. But I guess it's kind of difficult to start with because you're going out in the world going, hey, we've thought of a new system. And all you've got to do is say to your car, asparagus, crayon, spoon. And some people look at you as if, like, you know, are these guys serious or uh, even on the right planet? But then a lot of people go, wow, that's brilliant. And they can kind of see the simplicity. But it does divide opinion when you're starting. I think what we have now is, of course, the credibility of all these huge companies who are backing us and who have integrated us. But that is a very different story when you're starting out. So there were three of you against the world. Yes. Or looking forward to actually converting the world. That's a big ask, isn't it? Yeah, it is a big ask. But I think what you need is just unwavering confidence. Now, what three words sounds a bit novel in one respect. And each time someone says, look, 
this is just a bit crazy. You're never going to get people to do this. Well, I would say to them, you've just got to keep plugging away and you've got to tell them why it matters and give them use cases and go for big brands. Just go straight in, tell big brands why they should convert to using this mm. and why they should get behind it. And it you, needed, you needed the investment. That was step two, wasn't it? Yes, and the investment started just with people we knew and it just got a very small amount, which just got us from A to B at the time. I think a big moment was when uh, our first institutional investor came on board, Intel, huge global brand. And if mm. Intel are saying, we think this is a big deal, it's amazing how others follow. So Deutsche Bahn, the German railway company, mm. Mercedes themselves came on board. And then people start to go, wow, OK, these guys are really serious. It's brilliant, isn't it? I love it. I love it. As an idea, I can immediately see the benefits empowering people out in the rural or hard-to-reach areas. But how does this translate in terms of making money? What are your revenue streams? So we charge for addresses in exactly the same way that addresses are charged today. So what people don't know is that when you get into an Uber, for example, and you type in 42 Regent Street, you actually have to pay to get the coordinates back from that. So every single service, every app that you use, that you put in an address, people have to pay to get the coordinates. So that's exactly what we do. If you type a three-word address into an app, then we charge to give the coordinates back. So really, the more people that use the three words, the more valuable our service becomes. And we charge businesses for that, whereas the consumer app is totally free to get what three words. I've got it. Now, let's think about the um, customer base. It's an international customer base. We're going to be talking about export. Let's just explore who the potential customers are who the actual customers are today? Well, around the world, there's actually 4 billion people, the UN says, that live without an address. So if you think about all of the governments who've never really named all of their streets properly, that's an awful lot of countries that we can go to and are going to to actually sell this software, to give them a way of having services delivered to doors. So, for example, uh, we're working in Mongolia with the government there. The postal service have often really, really struggled to get deliveries to the right place. And now we have three Mongolian words for the world and they use us. Similarly, we're working in Cote d'Ivoire, Djibouti, exactly the same way. So they license the technology from us. Now, if you go forwards thinking about the future of mobility and autonomous cars, we're now working with Mercedes. So every single Mercedes you get into, now you can just speak the three words. I could say uh, toffee branch pyramid. Mercedes converts that to the latitude longitude and navigates the car to that three meter square. Because imagine when the cars have got no drivers, they're going to have to go to a destination and it's just going to stop. Now, it's really important that we're as precise as possible. So there's so many ways in that three word addresses can revolutionize the way we get around the planet. I've driven across Mongolia and I got lost in the Gobi and I came across a Mongolian sitting there repairing punctures, which is what they spend most of their time doing. Their maps are pictogram maps. They've got a picture of a river, some trees and the rest of it. So to leap from that to your what three words is, is extraordinary. By the way, nobody lives in Mongolia. They all live in the, in the city. Well, you've still got half the population living in rural Mongolia. Well, you've and, got, yeah, OK. And that's the thing. I mean, whilst there are sort of maps which will navigate you around manually, people are now doing e-commerce from Mongolia. They're ordering from ASOS in the UK and getting things delivered. And if you cannot put a way of describing where you live when you fill in that e-commerce form, it's a huge problem to get your goods delivered. That's genius. Perfect example of why it's necessary to get what three words. And you're licensing the deal overseas? 
Yes, in fact, overseas was where we started. I mean, our first customer was the Mongolian Postal Service for the business, and then the Postal Service of Cote d'Ivoire, and then Djibouti. And actually, we've then ended up closer to home more in recent years with how that's gone. So um, yes, we've always been international first. So you cut your teeth in Mongolia, where nobody knew where anybody was, but you did. We absolutely did. So languages, what about languages? So we do this whole system in 26 languages. The whole world has three English words. We then do all of the land on earth in French, Spanish. We're about to be in Chinese. We do Japanese, lots and lots of languages. Always, obviously, the same three words. No, it's not a direct translation. For one thing, we take out the homophone, so words like here, that you could spell H-E-R-E or H-E-A-R, different set of those in each language. So we actually do a totally independent version, which works very well. I don't know how many languages there are in the world. I don't know how many languages you're going to be working in, but voice is becoming the key instrument rather than the keystroke. Is that right? That's absolutely right. So, I mean, there are studies saying that by 2020, half of all searches that we do by typing today will actually be done by voice. And you think about all of the Amazon Alexa devices appearing in people's homes. Now, if you're going to want to book a taxi, let's say, through Amazon Alexa, and say, well, look, I want to go to... Well, there's 35 roads called Victoria Road in London, and it doesn't know which one you mean if you just say Victoria Road. And you're never going to sit there reading off those GPS coordinates. Three-word addresses are super easy to just say, I want to get a taxi to Filled Count Soap or Index Home Raft. Now, imagine that in 26 languages that we do. Anywhere in the world, being able to talk to a device and in just three words, pinpoint that three-meter square, I think that's hugely powerful, and that's what, a lot of the big mobility brands are getting on board with. Typing is going, voice is in. The product itself is international by nature, isn't it? Completely. And therefore, the world is your, not to say it's your lobster or your oyster, but how do you get out there and build contacts in your overseas markets? Well, it is international by design, and I think that's the simplicity in it. There's no country codes, no area codes, no difficulty about that. Really, what we're doing is talking to anyone, whether it's governments, car companies, drone companies, logistics organisations, who have a vested interest in letting people talk about location very easily. So we go business to business, and we licence our software to help drive those efficiencies, to make user interfaces with cars and all sorts of other mobility apps much simpler. And that's what we spend our time doing. And cars you mentioned. What deals have you done so far? So all of the new Mercedes cars have what three words in. We're integrated into some of the big uh, ride-hailing apps like Cabify, which is uh, huge in Latin America. You can put your three-word address in English, Spanish or any language straight into Cabify to order a taxi to and from somewhere. We're now built into TomTom so that you can specify anywhere in anything enabled by TomTom. So really, all of the big mobility players are getting on board with what three words. Tell me this. I mean, you've got the product, you're getting the message out there. What about the hurdles overseas? Well, I think when you're doing business abroad, it can be difficult in some respects because you're coming in with something which has been invented in the UK and, and people are not used to necessarily having a, an address system or postcode system brought in from abroad. It's normally something people associate with building in that country. So it's taken a bit of behaviour change, I think, just to explain to people why this makes sense to now leapfrog over this sort of very manual thing they were doing, which was naming streets, which takes decades, costs tens of millions of dollars, to sort of leapfrog that and go to something digital, which is just available straight away. 
But we go and we talk to people, we show them case studies of how other countries are benefiting, of how big logistics organisations are benefiting, and people, they want something that works now. And that gets them over the line and makes them try it out and it generally works for them. So barriers to entry, because as I see it, you know, you have this brilliant idea, you built your platform, and then it's down to marketing, it's down to selling. But you're not a huge company. You've got people snapping at your heels. So there are 90 of us in West London working on it. It is one of those things that a lot of people think, oh, I could condense the world into three words. It can't be that hard to compete with you. But actually it is. To do all of this in 26 languages, including Chinese, which takes you some time, to write the error detection algorithm. So if you say table chair spoon instead of table chairs spoon, that it works out what you meant. To do all of that for voice recognition, I can actually promise you it takes a a long time to uh, put all this together. So um, I think we're very, very happy with the tech that we have. It all works incredibly seamlessly. The business products are all there, off the shelf, ready to go. So I don't think that we're worried about competition in that respect because we are being integrated into so many platforms around the world. It's really gathering momentum. So tell us about the export side of it. Would you urge all tech founders to think internationally? You've got to because the whole base of your business, it's a sphere. It's called the world. Yeah, I think we just thought about it that way from day one. I think partly because all of my hassles of addresses were from traveling around the world and finding that just in every country there was this its own system, but each one sort of broke in its own way. Now, when we go to other countries, people will always speak to us because this is a huge problem for them. And in things like Mongolia, I mean, the British embassy were actually incredibly on side with us. I mean, most of what they're dealing with are mining companies. And in, in walks uh, these people going, we've named every three square metres of Mongolia with three Mongolian words. For a start, this was something a little bit different for them. But they were incredibly helpful to us in just facilitating the right conversations with the right key people in government to get it built in quickly. And in many other countries, British Embassy have helped us similarly so that we can sell to those governments to enable them to have immediately a better infrastructure around addressing. So I think it's just about thinking really clearly what organisations want to help us, what organisations need us. And for any other aspiring tech founders, I think that if you've got a really big problem that can change an entire way that a country operates, I mean, think about M-Pesa and mobile payments in Kenya, just sort of leapfrogged over doing everything the old-fashioned way. That's exactly what we're doing, and I'd encourage others to be as bold as to just build a product that can work digitally today. Yeah. Two things that sort of intrigue me. First of all, the, the looming drone economy made for you. Yeah, I mean, people think about drones, and of course we have drones today, but then they think about drone delivery, when the drone's actually going to go further than your line of sight and deliver somewhere. Now, where is that drone going to land? Is it in your front garden or your back garden? So you can't just supply your postcode, because actually that'll take you, in the case of my house in the countryside, it'll take you a mile down the road. So people are going to have to start thinking in terms of a really accurate address, if you like, for drones. Now, that would make total sense to be a three-word address. Can I say it's going to be toffee branch pyramid in my front garden or crayon asparagus shoe in my back garden? But that is going to be far simpler than ever trying to imagine on the e-commerce checkout page putting in your GPS coordinates for the thing to land, 14.169283, comma, space, minus, or was it plus, and 
I just cannot see that we're going to be doing that to tell drones where to go. So three-word addresses, so simple. We actually have something where you can just speak the three words to a, an Amazon Alexa device, and you can actually control a drone to go to a three-word address. So we've built that already. It's just about getting that into commercial production. Well, you sold it to me. The military, have they got their own deal? I think there's lots of organizations who need to use accurate locations in the world and they will use GPS coordinates. If you're trained on them and it's something that you do every day, then you'll manage to get anything to a three meter square. I think what what Three Words is focused on is the consumer, making something really simple for people who don't have specialist training for my mum so she can do something ultra simply, which she can with Three Words. How long have you been in this business? So we set the business up in 2013. Okay. And if you had known then what you know now, what would you have changed, I wonder? I think in that first couple of years, we went around chasing lots of things. I mean, one of the things about having such a a solution to a global problem is that every week someone says, oh, you must go and see my cousin in Ecuador because they're sort of connected to government and, and they would love this. And you end up sort of flying around trying to talk to everyone. I think focus has really helped us. Most recently, focusing on automobility. So the fact that cars need to work with voice recognition Mm. and they need absolute precision, that is something of the moment. And we are devoting a lot of resources into getting into every car, not just Mercedes. We want to be in every ride-hailing app, not just Cabify. So that focus is something that we possibly could have done a bit earlier, but, you know, learn a lot along the way. Now, you've been involved in the... Department of International Trade's Exporting is Great campaign. Why is that such a great deal? I think it's just great for us to have that kind of visibility. Um, For the government to get behind you, we were in India. We've been working with Indian companies to help actually deliver solar lights to some of the slum areas. These areas are not addressed at all. Now, when we were working in India, we were um, given the opportunity to meet with the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, Theresa May on their respective tours of the country. And that's just phenomenal profile for us to be heroed in that way, that British technology is doing such powerful work in another country. And this is only a small company for us. We were only 50 people at the time. That's just an amazing vote of confidence for us that gets us out there. And, you know, if you're a government of a foreign country, the whole notion of doing business with what's called a startup can be a slightly dangerous mindset. And you're thinking, well, is this company going to be here tomorrow? But when you have the credibility of your government and that whole campaign around exporting is great behind you, it's enabled those governments to think this is a credible company. They're growing. They are going to be around. We can rely on them. And they do do business with us. So from a, frankly, a blunder in Rome through Mongolia, and the world really is opening its doors to you now. Yes, that's a great way of putting it. I think we'll be in a lot more countries very soon. Latin America beckons through uh, Cabify integration. But yes, we continue to export very heartily. Thank you so much, Chris Sheldrick. That's all for this episode of the Local to Global podcast. To start your own exporting journey, visit great.gov.uk or contact your regional DIT office. Until next time, from me, Nick Hewer, it's goodbye.